A lot of things about this 2023 football season for the Cincinnati Bengals feel like 2022 in some way, shape, or form. Are you buying it or selling it? Are the Bengals on the right track? What are the biggest questions? Let's dive into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lesko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, where today we're going to be talking about what the biggest questions are and how much this feels or doesn't feel like 2022, where there are some obvious differences and some obvious similarities. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by Jace Medical, where you can empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. You can get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And if you're new to the show, you can find this podcast on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe to become an everydayer to become a first listener, making us your first listener every day. And we appreciate every single one of you who does either of those things. And James, we're going to get started today by talking about some of the biggest questions still out there for the Cincinnati Bengals to answer this year. There are a few of them, fair to say. We're in the feeling out phase for the 2023 season at this point for the Bengals in, in a way that I don't think we really expected to be expected to know more of what this team is going to be at this point. But if you look at our mailbag questions, a lot of people asking about the trade deadline, a lot of people asking about running back production behind Joe Mixon, about the tight end position in general. Some people asking about guard, some people asking about safety. And shout out to Ben Galdario and Aiden at Aiden Seabus for asking some questions about those topics. Are, are those the biggest questions for you? Have we answered the Joe Burrow question at this point? Have we answered protection questions at this point, offensive identity questions. What do you think, James? I think that this, let, let's start with the protection. I think that was the biggest question going into camp pre-Borough injury. I think they're a pretty good pass blocking offensive line. I do. And I think the Bengals are confident in it. Looking at what they've done in the run game, I think they want better there, not just more consistent, like they would say from a pass blocking standpoint. I think they want to be better and, and continue to improve in that area. So, that's where I'm at pass blocking wise or protection wise. That said, it goes in line with that. I think the the two biggest offseason questions outside of just offensive line, because time is a flat circle and we always have to talk about the offensive line at Cincinnati, certainly on the Locked on Bengals podcast, because we just didn't know tight end and running back. And so that theme, the theme of the questions that our listeners are asking aligns. And I think that's fair because when I look at this roster, of course, the, the question of Joe Burrow, I haven't buried that yet. I wonder how his calf is feeling today. I certainly expect him to be a full participant in practice this week. But will he move around on Sunday like he did against the, the Cardinals? I, I don't know. I think he surprised a lot of people in the building, maybe even surprised himself with how well he was moving. And so that aspect of it, obviously, it's the biggest question. But we've talked a ton about Joe Burrow's calf. And I'm not sure there's much more to say, especially if he doesn't know. And so to me, the biggest question is that RB2 spot, because I look at it 
And I did it this morning. I went through Joe Mixon, 75% of the snaps, was on the field a ton the other day and has been on on the field a ton all season long to this point, would be by far the most snaps he's played in his career. And I, I look at it, Travion Williams had 12 snaps, Chase Brown had one. Someone's got to emerge. And and they need someone else to give just to keep Joe Mixon fresh enough so he can be RB1 in week 12, in week 14, in week 20, when you need him to be go be able to go downhill, or week 18, 19, when you're going to Buffalo potentially in the playoffs and you need him to dominate the game like he did last year and, and had a really good day running the ball. Like those are the things. That's the thing I worry about the most. I, I, I truly about this offense. If it's not Burrow, it's all right. Well, who's RB two? Because let's just say Joe Mixon couldn't play on Sunday, and I'm not—he's not hurt or anything. But let's just say he couldn't. You confident in this running back room? I think it's by far the worst running back room in the league, and it might just be because we don't know what Chase Brown can give because we haven't seen a lot of them uh, on the on the field. But I need someone to emerge, and if it's not Chase Brown, I'm not sure if that guy's on the roster. Do we think that the Bengals coaching staff has been too slow to give skill guys opportunities when mm. they need more production out of a position? Like oh. the, the reason I asked this question and it's mostly rhetorical because I don't think this is a case. I think they're pretty good about getting their best skill guys on the field, or at least the guys are more, most confident that can, can execute the things that they're going to be asking of the position. I, I do wonder why Chris Evans, after he had a pretty good preseason, seemed to to garner some favor with the Bengals coaches, hasn't gotten any real significant opportunity this year. Chase Brown, you mentioned Zero snaps the, the same thing. Zero. And with Chase Brown, I would kind of get it because you think about everything we've seen from him, which isn't much, and I would like to see more from him in games so that mm-hmm. you know we on the outside have a better feeling for where he is. I feel like the coaches probably feel like they have a pretty good idea of where he is. And maybe that's why he's not on the field. But you haven't seen a ton of dynamism from Chase Brown. We saw one preseason game where he looked better. Outside of that, in the preseason, he looked pretty pedestrian. His very, very few in-game touches in the regular season, an emphasis on few, limited sample, all these things, have looked pedestrian, would like to see him get more opportunity to see if the game slows down for him a little bit to see if he can flash some of that explosion that you're hoping to get from him. Because if there's anything that you're missing with Joe Mixon, and say he holds up, right? Take the other side of the coin, holds up just fine with the heavier snap load, is able to play this this heavy snap count all the way through the season, no diminishing of, of efficiency or effectiveness. You would still like to have more explosion as a change of pace back. They haven't had that since Giovanni Bernard, it feels like, mm-hmm. in this running back room that, that is played at a, at a reasonable level. And, and that speed element, when you look at some of the effective teams around the NFL, look at the San Francisco 49ers, look at uh, the Miami Dolphins, these, these offenses with really good running backs, they have incredible speed and talent at the running back position to go with really good uh, production and and really good players on the offensive line and and really fast players outside as well. So it's like a whole thing. But mm-hmm. the Bengals definitely have like one guy on offense who's providing you with speed right now, and and that's Jamar Chase, and that's great. You can run your offense through him to a large degree, but it would be great if you know one of those faster backs 
Chris Evans, Chase Brown could could show that they could be that change of pace back. It would. And and not only that, as you were describing that, I, I would be like, okay, well, then who's their goal back? That's the other part of it. I, Besides who's Mixon? Short, who's their goal back? Mixon. It sounds good. It's been an issue for three years. Has and it? it? Yeah. Why do you think they did quarterback sneak on second down last year? Every second down they could by mid-year. That's what they did. And, yeah. and I know some of it's offensive line. And and like the goal line stand, some of it was offensive line. Some of it's Joe though. And so like, I think they could use either one. I think they could use a guy who can go get you three if you need three. That's what they had in P Ryan last year mm -hmm. or the, the home run. And I think they were banking on one of these guys to emerge and it just hasn't happened. I think Chase, again, I've been on the optimistic side. I think that's a guy they want to see more of. Part of it is they've been down in games and they're going to roll with the, the guy they trust in Joe Mixon, which makes sense. But I, I I just look at that room, and I know a lot of people talk about tight end, and we can discuss tight end too, but in, in that's T-O-O too. But to me, the running back spot, it's just like, ugh, you, you need something else because you, you do have a guy there that you know can be productive in Joe Mixon, but I think it's unrealistic to expect him not to wear down, even even if he's able to, to stay healthy, and he has been durable. I'm not saying that, and I'm not questioning it, but – Asking a, a guy in his late 20s to have an increased workload over the entire year at running back, it's just asking a lot. And by an increased workload, we're talking about significant snaps, like 8 to 10% of, of the snaps. And heck, if this offense is good and they're on the field more like they were on Sunday, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a big difference. We've been talking about this spot since training camp. We're going to continue to talk about it and, until – Something emerges there, or maybe they're just good enough to cover it up. That's the other side of this. The other side of all these questions is there are some things that are starting to show in terms of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase that can cover up a lot of issues. We'll continue this conversation on questions and answers facing this offense, facing this team, because it's not just the offense coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft, scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Baker Mayfield, to the surprise of many, has been a borderline quarterback one in fantasy, while enjoying his most efficient season as a reality passer. Coming off of a Buccaneers Week 5 bye, he should have a high volume in a matchup with Jared Goff and the Red Hot Lions at home in Week 6. Mayfield has been locked into a variety of receivers, and the Lions, they struggle to cover slot receivers like Chris Godwin, tight end Kate Otten. The Bucs also won't be able to run much on Detroit, leading to even more passing attempts for Baker Mayfield. I know there's one league where I had Anthony Richardson and Deshaun Watson, both guys hurt, might not be playing, might have to turn to Baker this week. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. The same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly from brake kits to LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. Maybe it's something as simple as headlights. 
like the actual bulbs, eBay Motors has you covered. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's stay on the topic of the offense here for a bit longer. There, there's a question as to whether or not I think they're back on track with the offense, and that would be the 2022 track for the Cincinnati Bengals. But wanted to talk about protection a little bit. We don't need to spend a ton of time here. Tom Cole asking, why is it so hard to get good protection? Why is this taking so long? They're spending. They're missing in the draft. Burrow stat count is down, and should we expect it to get better as the season goes on? We had another question that I'm trying to to find the name so I can give him credit. It was Jimbo at Bengals boy on Twitter. What letter grade would you give Orlando Brown jr. So far, these things kind of tie together and they have had protection issues against some of the better pass rushing teams they faced even against Arizona, which is probably the worst interior defensive line they will face all season. And maybe the worst pass rush generally they'll face all season Joe Burrow took some sacks on third downs, and those were just normal stunts. Talked about this with Mike on the film review episode yesterday when we were reviewing what worked in Arizona and what what there still is to work on. Stunts from the left side of the offensive line toward the center or right side of the offensive line gave them major issues in week five. We talked about Cordell Volson quite a bit on this show. And while he was better, in week five, certainly, there were still some stunts between either him and Orlando Brown or him and and uh, Ted Karras that were not adequately picked up and led to, to free runners, essentially, coming around those twists through the A-gap right up the middle, which is very hard for any quarterback to avoid, and it led to some sacks and hits on Joe Burrow. And then the other part of this is like Orlando Brown, who we can talk about as well. But those are the the big issues. I think Alex Kappa showed that he's still fine at right guard by dominating poor competition against Arizona. I think Jonah Williams has been very steady at right tackle. And Ted Karras has been Ted Karras. You know, he's, he's had issues in one-on-ones against some of the really, really good interior defensive linemen in the league and, and Miles Garrett in week one. But outside of that, he's been fine. And, and that's kind of what you expect Ted Karras to be. Cordell Volson needs to play better. And I would also say Orlando Brown needs to play a little bit better too. I think that you're not getting what you quite expected from Orlando Brown. There's been a couple of plays in most of these games where there's a clean loss around the arc that leads to a sack. And then outside of that, he's fine. But it sounds like Jonah Williams last year, right? Where a lot of the game he's fine. And then he gives up one bad sack and that'll kill a drive. And so you'd like to see that happen less frequently with your left tackle this year. I I think, the Tennessee game was Orlando's worst. He's at worst their second best lineman. Like maybe Kappa. I think Kappa was off to a pretty rough start until Sunday uh, for him. I mean, he was the best lineman last year. And with all of that said, I still think that the line pass blocking wise, the Bengals are fine with it. Like fine with what they've gotten, comfortable with it. Expect these guys to to continue to play better and better as the season goes on. And they're more worried about the run game. So like protection wise. I just don't think it's a concern. It doesn't mean that they've been perfect. Of course, there's stuff they need to work on. That's a good thing. But part of that, especially against Tennessee, where it just looked really, really bad, we talked about it. Joe Joe Burrow wasn't moving, yeah. and, and and that added to it. And the blitzes, and it was just 
it's a tough place to play for the Bengals anyways, even when Burrow's healthy. And so I think that's part of it. But overall, I, I'm pretty comfortable with the line. Like to me, RB2, tight end, like there are other things that I'm much more concerned about than offensive line. Will they be able to protect Joe Burrow? Of course, it's going to be a storyline when you're facing Chris Jones or Aaron Donald or, or Miles Garrett. Like it's always going to be when that's the case. But like going into Sunday, everyone's going to talk about 11 sacks for Seattle. We'll see. But I, I don't think it's, oh my goodness, they're not going to be able to block the Seahawks. Oh, I'm much, I, I don't have those concerns as much about the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks are kind of normal pass rushing team in the NFL to me. But then I look at San Francisco and both. But they do that Eric to everybody. Armstead. Everybody. I, I know. And but, that's what but, the Bengals would tell you. Like their interior. Sure. It's just a, a scary prospect given the struggles they've had on the interior this year. And I would like to see Orlando Brown play a little bit better. It's not too far from where he was for, for Kansas City last year. It's just those clean losses around the edge to like Travis Gibson to, you know, the, the little juke move crossover from Dennis Gardeck that you would like to see happen a little bit less frequently. But, you know, they get paid on both sides of the ball. And it's not like he's been bad. I, I don't mean to say he's been bad. I, I do think that, that they get paid on both sides. That's that's the that's the the Burrow Zach Taylor. I mean, it's true. Special there. Like Dennis Gardeck has been good for Atlanta for for Arizona this year, and he came out of nowhere. He's done that to a number of teams. He got one win against Orlando Brown. You would like to see that not happen. Okay, sure. Um, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Tight end though a little bit less optimistic about. And, and I think like the offensive line in the run game, which you talked about, and it's not just running back. It's also the offensive line in the run game has some no doubt for, for improvement, no, but no doubt that that's more of a concern to me than the protection part. But honestly. so do the tight ends, like the tight ends, Drew Sample has been fine as a blocker. They're not getting a whole lot else from these, from these tight ends in blocking or in receiving. You talk about like worst running back room in the NFL. How about this tight end room where they're not getting it from Irv Smith? Tanner mm-hmm. Hudson still looks like he might be the best tight end receiving on the team. And, and the depth is still questionable at best. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Hudson. I know we talked about this a few a few weeks ago, and I was like, are we sure he's not? And um, until Irv Smith Jr. proves me wrong now, which would be great. But and he drew an interference, pass interference penalty the other day. And he's coming, came back from that hamstring, all of those things. Didn't get a lot of reps with Burrow, but neither did Tanner Hudson. And he caught passes the moment Burrow got back on Monday night football, you know? So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm, I would love, I know we have a lot of questions about additions. I I think those are the two areas. They're not going to go out of left guard. I'd be shocked at that, but could they go look at running back RB2 at some point over the next three weeks or look at tight end over the next three weeks? I, I do think that that's possible. I think that that could be better. I don't think that in-season acquisitions are a thing that this team does very often, but maybe this is a year. Talk yourself into it a little bit every year, right? From like the context, from the window, from where there seem to be glaring needs. They have cap. And they do have the space. That is true. Mm -hmm. We have plenty of time to talk about that, though. We'll we'll get to that. We do a show every day, ladies and gentlemen. I promise. Yeah, the trade deadline is what? Two, three, three weeks, weeks away. away. Three um, weeks away on Halloween, baby. There you go. Uh, Don't ruin the, my Halloween, Bengals. Make it before the deadline. The like, uh, far before. Go ahead. The 2022 season 
started very similarly to the 2023 season? Is, is this a, a 2022 redux? What other questions face this team? And is Joe Burrow, like I said, is he simply getting on track right in time to get on track for the rest of the season? We'll finish the show there coming up next. Today's episode of a Locked On Bengals is brought to you by Jace Medical, who believes that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical has come up with the Jace case. What is the Jace case? Well, it provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and will provide you with peace of mind so you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. It's there to help you be prepared for the unexpected and make sure that you have medication in hand when you might need it. It's simple, and Jace Medical will handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. And right now you can get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical using our code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Pierce Dental. And Pierce Dental is the premier location if you're looking for any type of dental work, they do it here in Cincinnati. And they have two locations, one in downtown Cincinnati, one in northern Kentucky. And you're going to get a world-class experience. And Pierce Dental creates confident smiles. Their downtown location, by the way, was established in 1942. So they're like 26 years older than the Bengals, to give you an idea. They're the highest rated dentist in the area with over 1,300 five-star Google reviews. And they provide any service you can imagine from cosmetics, dental implants, Invisalign, as well as routine care. So if you're looking for a dentist just to get a checkup, get your teeth cleaned, Pierce Dental is the place to go. And they're an official member of the Professional Football Dental Association. Go where the pros go. You never know who you're going to see in the office. They have tons of Bengals memorabilia around the office. Who knows? You may see one of the Bengals' top stars there. Next time you go, you can also visit them online at piercedentalgroup.com. That's P-E-A-R-C-E dentalgroup.com or search Pierce Dental Group on Instagram or Facebook. James, to me, one of the biggest questions that I don't think we can answer, but oh. on its surface is, is pretty interesting to me, is, is just how much this season resembles last season. From a rocky start to Joe Burrow needing time to find his feet to this offense seeming to need fi- time to find his feet to starting to look a little bit better, having some uneven performances early to starting to look better and maybe looking like they have a clear direction in week five. But then there's some clear differences like on the defensive side of the ball where Jordan Battle seems to be in the conversation for some fans along with Nick Scott who got benched apparently for part of the game in week five and Jordan battle pushing perhaps for playing time. There's tackling on the defensive side of the ball. A question in general run defense this year, even with DJ reader has just not been where it needs to be. So there's some clear differences, some clear similarities. Are you buying that they're, they're back on track that this is, you know, that time is a flat circle, that redux of, of last year presenting itself in a slightly different way in 2023? 
Not yet. Not fully. I, I'm buying into the talent. I certainly think they can still accomplish all of their goals from winning the division to being the top team in the, the AFC. All of those things are still there, but I'm not going to buy it yet. You got to show me a bit more after that rocky start. I can't just completely forget what we saw uh, over the first four games of the season. And so I think that the if it was going to be and follow that 2022 path, this is the script. This is the NFL script for sure, but I can't fully buy it yet. And that's why Sunday I think is so important. Go out there and show that defensively you are going to be able to, to take it to another level because th there are plenty of questions there. And I, I think this coaching staff, the beauty of Sunday against Arizona, there was a lot of good on offense. You score 27 points, you get the ball to Jamar Chase, Trent Irwin steps up with T. Higgins out, Andre Yosevash makes a nice play. Uh, like A lot of things to be excited about. And yet you could talk about the short yardage situations, the offensive line run blocking. You, you could discuss that and really focus on how they didn't end up with seven. On the flip side, the defense, there's flaws there too, obviously. Tackling, explosive plays, all of those things. And yet they won the turnover battle. So the coaches have some good teaching points and, and things that they can stress. And the guys are probably some pissed off about some stuff, quite frankly. And by guys, I mean the players on the team. And so you can fix that even though you won. It's much easier to fix it when you win than when you lose. And, and so it, to me, that's the good part. Now, will they fix it? I, I think if they do and they beat Seattle, you could certainly have me buying in, going into to essentially the second half of the season, the post-buy Bengals. But that, that, that schedule's tough early on. Mm -hmm. And so show me early on after the buy, show me this Sunday against Seattle. I think it's a, a really, really important game. I think Seattle's a pretty good team. Yeah. I, I think that preseason, the expectations were that their team, the Bengals, should be better than. And so if you still expect the Bengals to be that team and make this run, which they can do, they're capable of it, then you would expect them to, to be able to win this game. But some interesting challenges too, right? And one of them, which we're going to talk about this week, is Kenneth Walker. I know they, they drafted Zach Charbonnet as well. But Kenneth Walker, mm -hmm. among the most elusive running backs in the NFL this year, has 19 forced tackles in the running game. I think just the running game. And that's four, five, five, five. Consistent. It's not like he's had one crazy game where he forced mm -hmm. a bunch of broken tackles in Seattle with the early bye, uh, not playing in week five. So it's only four games, but a high level of consistency of elusiveness for Kenneth Walker, a team that's going to want to run the ball and, and has honestly from, from top to bottom all over the place, some, some challenging skill players, DK Metcalf will be a challenge for the secondary Tyler Lockett, always a challenge, the running back depth that we just talked about. So the defense, a big litmus test this week, right? against a, a pretty talented offense with maybe some questions at quarterback, although Geno Smith doesn't want to write back to any of those questions. You know, we'll see. On the other side of the ball, can the Bengals continue things on offense, right? Can they do it against a better team? There's a lot to like, sure. regardless of quality of competition. We've talked about this a ton against Arizona. We talked about it post-game. We talked about it yesterday in the film takeaways episode with Mike. But doing it against a clearly better team in the Seattle Seahawks at home, that would, like you said, inspire a lot of confidence, I think, 
for the rest of the season that they can carry this into the tougher part of the schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's the key. Like if you lay an egg against Seattle, okay, well, it's just one game, but then you're two and four and you have to deal with San Francisco on the road. And then Buffalo comes to town. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's a lot. Like you could win Sunday, play well the next two weeks and be three and five, like play well, not great, but well. And and so that's that's the part of this where the margin for error just isn't there after the early season losses. So I I don't think Joe is going to be Joe Burrow is going to be as direct in the idea that this is a must win, but I think it is. Getting to the buy at three and three is really important, and, and the offense, if if it can continue to show, because I think this offense is going to have to carry the team a bit more. I felt that coming into this year, if they want to get to where they want to go, it's not going to be. The defense can hold teams to, to zero points in the second half, like these high-scoring teams in, in high-leverage situations. It's just really hard to do that. And so maybe they do. Maybe the defense rises up and can still do that. At the same time, offense, offense, offense. Can they continue to do what they did against Arizona when the whole world, it, it, certainly all of Seattle knows that Jamar Chase is the go-to guy. And and uh, who knows about T. Higgins, a full player, not this week. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And Seattle will cover Jamar differently than, yep. than Arizona did for sure. I mean, that's still a cover three heavy team. They're going to go three. They're going to go six. They're going to cloud Jamar for a lot of the game. They're not going to play off the entire game. They're not going to play quarters the entire game like Arizona did. So it will require a different approach from the Bengals, who have seemed to find a good game plan for Jamar Chase in two of the last three weeks. And we'll see if that continues and certainly appears that it should. I uh, just wanted to shout out Mr. Nev, Mr. Irish Red, for asking about missed tackling. We talked about that. Something that simply needs to be better. Um, and and the last one, real quick, James, and I know we're pushing it here. Uh, Will, Will knows ball. When will Joe be able to go under center? We saw a little bit of it, and I, I don't know how important this is with what they're able to put in from the pistol and some of the more elaborate play fakes we've seen from them sprinkled in in the first five weeks of the season. But I do think it would be nice to to get there under center, getting that QB sneak, which I think they're probably a couple of weeks away from, back into the arsenal as a threat, I think is something that would matter for getting under center. So it's not like the hugest issue, but just wanted to to tack that yeah. on there because it was one that we planned on planned on talking about in this episode as well. Yeah, I, th I think um, maybe eventually we'll see a quarterback sneak. Could be a while. But yeah. as, as far as... This uh, this under center stuff. They don't play under center much anyway. I do think it matters a little, but not a ton. And I, I don't think it's really a huge, huge issue. So I, I think it's much more of a topic outside of Paycor than it is inside the, the walls of Paycor Stadium. Well, they were able to do it in the spots where they would want to do it, except for at the one-yard line. Like late in the game, on, on the drive to try to kill clock, where they're just handing mm -hmm. the ball off, they were able to get under center. And that's one of the places where you would want to see them be able to do it is when they need to kill a game. And they were able to do it a couple of times last year, right? Where they're able to go under center and just run the, run the clock out, which is hard to do mm -hmm. when teams know you're going to run the ball. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Ready to turn our attention to the Seattle Seahawks who travel east where they've been excellent. Uh, that's, a, I think, Jay Morrison. Jay's got stats. Can go find that on Twitter. I think he tweeted that one out. Seattle's been excellent traveling east, and one of their few losses in the last like 
15 years, 10 years going east to the eastern time zone is in Cincinnati. The last time Seattle visited the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. We'll get into a game preview to finish up the week. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.